0: That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. Broadcasting from the West Coast of the Golden State, the nation's most straightforward
1: recovery talk show.
0: That Sober Guy podcast, helping to keep your
1: brain sharp and your blood clean. And now, Shane Raymer. We celebrate Veterans Day on the anniversary of the armistice that ended World War One, the armistice that began on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. All we can ever do for our heroes is remember them and remember what they did. We see them as something like the Founding Fathers, grave and gray-haired. But most of them were boys when they died, and they gave up two lives the one they were living, and the one they would have lived. When they died, they gave up their chance to be husbands and fathers and grandfathers. They gave up their chance to be revered old men. They gave up everything for our country, for us. And all we can do is remember.
0: Welcome to this special Veterans Day edition of That Sober Guy podcast. Today we're going to be talking with a friend of mine, Nez Husseini. Nez served in the United States Army and was a paratrooper. He served in Afghanistan and, uh, and it really comes on the show today to pay some respect uh, to our active duty military and the veterans out there who many of them struggle with PTSD, with alcoholism, with addiction. Um, they don't know who to turn to. They've been through some, some of the... Um, most unimaginable experiences that that uh, us us normal civilians out there can can not even imagine um, so Nez is going to come on and talk a little bit about some of the things he's been through and um, how his life is today and how he gives back to veterans and how he gives back to the community and how he really tries to to reach out and help after um, one of his closest friends committed suicide, who was a, a, a former former paratrooper with him. You know, he he made a decision at one point and said, That's not gonna happen again. Um, you know, not on my watch, basically. And so he kinda made that choice to stand up and start speaking out and start giving back. And so uh it's a it's a real honor to have Nez on the show today. He's a great guy. Um and I, I I'm really looking forward to uh to to having you hear what what he has to offer. So first uh we're gonna do a word from Sober Nation, our sponsor. Thank you, Sober Nation, for sponsoring the show. Uh, it's been it's been great being part of the Sober Nation family, so we, we do appreciate that here. Uh, Sober Nation is the largest online recovery community and treatment resource center. They provide treatment resources to those struggling with addiction as well as to family members who are caught in the crossfire. On top of that, Sober Nation is a huge community of good people who share their experience with each other. They have informative content, recovery, and addiction news, as well as an entire clothing line, which helps expand the culture of recovery. They can be found at www.sobernation.com. Once again, that's sobernation.com. I'm not going to babble. I'm not going to talk about anything else right now. We're going to go straight into Nez's word. Um, I want to wish everybody a happy Veterans Day. Thank you for serving our country once again. Much love and respect to you. Here's Nez Husseini. Today we're talking with Nez Husseini. Uh, Nez is a veteran of the United States Army, and Nez, you're also a former paratrooper. Is that right?
2: Yeah, I was in the uh, 82nd Airborne Division, third of the 504th Parachute Infantry Regiment.
0: Dude, so I'm I'm totally uh, illiterate. Sometimes when it comes to um, the you know when you when you say 82nd Division, is that right? 82nd Division. 82nd airborne division 82nd airborne division um and then a paratrooper i've heard um i've heard the term many times i know it's a pretty gnarly job um what is what does a paratrooper do man like um school me <laughs> oh
2: well paratrooper pretty much in, in the 82nd airborne division it's, it's an elite paratrooper unit and uh we can be deployed anywhere in the world in 18 hours that's kind of the 80 seconds motto. So when they give you a buzz, 18 hours, you can be anywhere in the world, be parachuting behind enemy lines and get ready to take care of business.
0: Damn. So you could just be at the drop of a hat and then you could get a phone call and that means you got to go. God knows where you might not even know where you're going at the time. I'm sure, huh?
2: Most of the time you don't know where you're going until you're about to exit the airport.
0: <laughs> Fuck dude. That is crazy. So, yeah. So uh, let, let, let me, I feel like I jumped ahead of myself uh, real quick. So we're celebrating Veterans Day today, uh, which is why my friend Nez is coming on the show. And uh, we're, we're just going to, we're going to talk about, um, we're going to talk about veterans and we're going to kind of give, uh, give our respect to them and to our active duty as well. Nez, I kind of want, I want to kind of give you the floor for a minute, man. Just uh, just start us off here. Tell us a little bit about yourself um, and then, uh, we'll just kind of go from there, man.
2: Yeah, appreciate it. Um, I pretty much grew up in the, uh, central coast of California, um, Pismo, Morro Bay, and about halfway through high school, folks moved over to Fresno. So we got over to Fresno. Fresno was a little bit of a culture shock from surfboards and <laughs> surfing, yeah. and skateboarding to gangs and smogs. So yeah, it was a little hard for me to kind of. Uh, adapt to, so a couple of years after we'd been here, graduated from high school and said, you know what, I'm going to join the military, so I uh, joined the military in November of 2000, and uh was in, the, was in the military, been through all my basic training, my job training, airborne school, and then got out and went to Fort Bragg, I was stationed at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and um, I got there in July of 2001. And then two months later, September 11th happens. So then it was kind of, here's reality. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because it joined at a time that there was no conflict, no nothing going yeah. on. So thinking in my brain, hey, man, I'm going to go get some schooling and peace, I'm gone.
1: Yeah, yeah, for happened. sure.
2: And then uh, kind of all broke loose. Uh, we got locked down, immediately secured the base. And um rest was history. A little bit after that, a couple months after that, you know, you're in the hills of Afghanistan, building up a uh, Bagram air base, and making sure that uh, all the bad guys are in check.
0: Afghanistan, much, a little, uh, little different yeah. than Fresno, I would imagine, huh? <laughs>
2: well, a little bit different. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The weather is pretty much the same as the Central Valley, though. You know, you either freeze your ass off or you roast your ass off. So there's no in yeah.
0: between, you know. Yeah. Damn. So, and how old are you at this time? Like. 21 man just so just a kid just like fresh uh i mean yeah i mean i think about what i was doing at 21 man and i'm like god i mean i haven't have a clue and not not that i still really have a clue today i guess i have a bit of a clue more than i was when i was 21 but um so so take us through uh take us through like boot camp man like what is that like for someone out there who might who might not know, or like myself, for instance, I mean, I, I never was in the military. I've only heard stories um, at 21. I know, you know, you, you and I have talked a little bit before. And I think if I remember back correctly, you would mention something about, you know, basically you're being broke down and you're being built back up as a soldier. So um, like, what was that experience like for you? It was,
2: it was probably the most, Eye-opening experience, you know, that you have, you know, starting off in your first part of your life. You know, you're you're 21, you're arrogant, you think you're king shit, you think you know everything. Um, you think, hey, yeah, yeah, I'm going to join the military, I'm going to be awesome, I'm going to do this. And then you fly it all over the places and then you get to the, uh, you know, your basic training and then you kind of go through this pre-register where you're kind of getting your clothes, you're gonna need through basic training. And then they set a date with you. They say, okay, well, this day is gonna be your actual start date of basic training. So when that morning comes, you have all your stuff with you, all your bags, all your gear, and they make you walk down this um, aisle that's in between, I don't know, about three or or four barracks. And there's about six drill sergeants waiting for you, all in one line. (laughs)
0: So it is a bit like Full Metal Jacket. (laughs) That's just what I think of, dude. I'm sure a lot of people probably think of that. It's such a popular movie, you know, but something like that, huh?
2: Absolutely, yeah. And then they all sit there waiting for you, and then it's like once you cross that line, and then it's like flies all over shit. I mean, they're in your face. They're yelling so loud, spits getting on you. They're making you do push-ups, front-leaning, rest-position, move, and it's just nonstop. Go upstairs, downstairs, upstairs, downstairs. <laughs> Unload your stuff, reload your stuff. Push ups. <laughs> it just. And then you're just kind of like, whoa, what, what the hell did I just get myself into?
1: <laughs> yeah. It's
2: nonstop. You know, it's nonstop. You get a couple hours in the evening, and then you wake up at the ass-cracker dawn to firecrackers and trash cans flying through the air.
0: Wow.
2: It's eye-opening, man.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, that's to say the least, man. I can't even imagine, and and spe- especially too being you know being twenty one at that time. I mean, like I was saying, you're still just a kid, really. And uh, here you got these grown men, you know, treating you like shit, really, <laughs> spitting in Pretty your much. face. I mean, you know, and and I I guess um, you know we take that into I don't you know, I kind of use it lightly, I guess it's treating you like shit, but it's also preparing you for the battle that, that, you know, ultimately that you ended up going into. Um, I, I would imagine that without that training, um, that battle mode, that soldier mode is, is damn near impossible for the average civilian to even, um, number one, to, to understand, but definitely number two to, to really even get into.
2: Right, because one thing my uh, drill sergeant will, I always remember, because he would always you know, throw this out there, and he would always say, I'm hard on you and I'm breaking you because when a conflict happens, it's not going to wheel yourself and unfold itself into your lap and say, here I am, deal with me. He said, usually when something happens, it's two right hooks and an uppercut to your face before you hit the ground and you realize what just happened all hell is going to break loose. So that kind of always stuck. And then, you know, when, when 9-11 happened, it wasn't just an airplane calling saying, hey, you guys, check this out. This is yeah. what I'm going to do at uh, 8.54 a.m., you know. And No, what did it do? <laughs> it hit both of them full force, no joke. So it kind of all uh, it all comes together when yeah. everything that they're saying, all the experiences, all the, all the training, all the... Pet talks and preparing yourself speeches, you know, it all has a purpose to it.
0: So what is that day like when they say you're going off to Afghanistan or they say, you're, or maybe they didn't tell you where you were going, you know, but what, what is that day like when you realize, okay, shit, this is real or shit just got real, you know, I'm, I'm going into this and I'm not looking back. Like, what, what was that like?
2: I think the worst part was waiting because when, yeah. when 9-11 happened, I mean, you're talking September <clears throat> and then we started bombing special forces, got over there, uh, October, November, kind of getting things prepped. And it wasn't until the beginning of the following year when, you know, everybody actually got to go. So it was the, the waiting, the anticipating, because they didn't really tell you a whole lot about yeah. who, who did it, who the hell is Al Qaeda and all this other bullshit. <laughs> didn't really know so you're just kind of just in this limbo of like yeah was this thing gonna happen because at first y'all pumped up you're like yes we're gonna do this we're gonna win medals we're gonna do that and then it's just like the military term hurry up and wait
1: okay. yeah yeah
2: well, hurry up and wait some more and then it's just kind of like ah there it is so when it is time to go you have people that are that are just over the moon, excited, like gung ho, like, yes, this is it. I'm going to get my combat tab and this and that. And then you got people that are just like, oh man, I just signed up to get my college. So, <laughs> what's going on now? Yeah, yeah. What did I do? And then, you know, <clears throat> you got the other people that are just kind of like, you know, whatever, I'll just kind of do what I got to do. So it's uh, definitely mixed emotions when you're around 100 people in your, in your, uh, um, Regiment, you know, it's just kind of go, go, and go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you've mentioned 9-11 a couple times now, and, and the only reason that, that I bring this up, because just when you, when you had said that, I had one of my best friends help who kind of led me through, um, you know, getting clean, getting sober. His name's Seth, and he, he's been on the show a couple times, and, um, you know, we talk often. We still we live in the same town. So, I mean, one of my best homies, he was actually in the Coast Guard and I think he kind of signed up, um, you know, thinking that same same type of thing. Um, you know, he was going to go to college. Um, so he ends up in New York, at uh, stationed out in New York um, on on one of the um, what, what do you what do you see? I got all the terminology so fucked up. I don't want to say the wrong thing, but <laughs> what do you refer? I always hear him say like it's a cutty, or I don't know how off the fuck he talks about. Anyway, he's on a fucking boat. Okay, he's on a boat because he's in the Coast Guard. <laughs> <laughs> and he's in he's in new york when 9-11 happened right and so right. he actually saw um he saw you know the the whole thing go down right there in front of his eyes and uh, it changed him you know and and still like i i he's mentioned it here and there i don't i don't know that he talks about it really i don't think that he does um i'd like to put you guys in contact though man that'd be cool he's he's all about yeah, you know his, his his you know veteran Uh, his, his fellow veterans. And, um, it's, it's just something cool, man. And you guys, you know, the sacrifice that, that all of our veterans and armed forces and everybody makes, you know, for, um, you know, not, not just for the people in the country, but for their own families and stuff too, is just, uh, it's something that it's indescribable. I don't even want to try to describe it because it's, um, it's, it's so, so great. Um, I don't know what you're what you're comfortable talking about man like as as this goes on in Afghanistan I mean do you want to do you want to get into what that was like there would you rather just kind of jump into uh jump into what you know that transition back into this normal life after being in in a war zone um you know I'm I know that that that's got to be unbelievably difficult um, for you to kind of transition back into that normal lifestyle, but, um, I don't know, man, how, how do you feel about that? Where, where would you like to take it?
2: Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't bother me anymore to talk about it. You know I mean? If I can get the point across and, yeah. you know, somebody else might be experiencing the same thing, then, you know, maybe it can be something for them to kind of yeah, know, maybe see and use, um, That was peaches and cream, really, when you kind of think about the transition. When you come home, you know, Uh, when the real battle begins. Uh, But I can, you know, either or, you know, doesn't bother me.
0: Well, I mean, what is it like being in a war zone? It's fucking chaos. I mean, that's the first thing. Chaos and and darkness is the first thing I picture. I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong. That's just the first thing I picture.
2: Well, I mean, it's chaos, chaos, and stinks like shit, man. I mean, yeah. It's, uh, you know, your patrols are the most nerve-wracking when you're out here on patrol, you know. You're, you're running drills constantly, ambush drills, you know, counter-sniper drills, and um, you know, securing villages. You're, you're doing, you know, a multitude of different things. What gets you is the anxiety is because it's not like conventional army warfare, you know, where you're an army and then you're fighting another army. You know, you have the rules of engagement. You have battle formations. Huh. This was kind of like, I guess, a good taste of, I would say, insurgency, you know, guerrilla yeah. warfare. Because it was never really um, uh, face-to-face, army versus army. It was more of hit-and-run tactics, you know, to throw a chicken shit IED out there, get your attention with that, hit you with some suppressive fire. And then they would retreat out or, you know, you call in the boys from there, you know, and kind of light up a mountaintop for you. But uh, oh, okay. it was just, you know, it's just uh, so that you, every time that you step outside of, you know, your your post, your forward operating base, it's just kind of the anxiety of, well, what are these fuckers hiding at now? You know, yeah. what bush, you know, what, what tree they're going to pop out like, you know, out of next. So I think so, the worst part was... <clears throat> Oh, go ahead. Anticipating when.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I was just going to say. So, you're, I mean, you're constantly on edge, too, right? I mean, there's, there's probably not, there's not much time to relax, is what I'm picturing as you're kind of describing this. Like, I mean, you have to be on point. Obviously, your life and your, and your brother's lives, you know, that are around you are all on the line. So, it's like the minute that you put your guard down, that could be the minute that it all goes to hell, right?
2: Right. That's usually what they say. Is when you kind of start thinking too much. Mm-hmm. Is usually when you start slipping. Because when you start overthinking, you know, you start talking about your family. You start talking about this. Yeah. Kind of. You got to kind of go. You know, like just focused. Hey, this is what I got to do. This is the time frame I got to do it. Make sure I get out as fast as I can in one piece. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's just kind of following that piece right there to kind of keep your insanity, because, yeah, I mean, now it's a little bit different, you know. They have, you know, full-on establishments now, you know, bases. They got gyms. They got internet cafes, Facebooks, uh, computers set up to email, which is excellent, you know, which was beyond excellent. I mean, I was just thrilled when I started seeing the progress that they were doing for all these bases for the troops. Yeah. Because, Shit, you know, when that's the first time I got there, we didn't even have air conditioning in the tents. That didn't come until, what, 2003, uh-huh. I want to say, when they actually started um, air conditioning the the tents that we were staying at on, on base. So it was, uh, <laughs> it was the beginning stages of all that fun stuff to where our Humvees weren't even armored like they are. Really? 2005, 2006 was when, you know, the IEDs really started kind of taking off, and they started armoring the shit out of the, the Humvees, you know, plates at the bottom, bulletproof glass. Shoot, man, 2000, 2001, 2002, we're, we're rolling up in that bitch with Bondo doors
0: and
2: <laughs> zipper plastic <laughs> windows shit. and shit. Wow. You a know, Ma Deuce on top of your freaking Humvee ready to go. So it was beautiful
1: a little bit ganky, you know? yeah
0: yeah i I would God, yeah I would bet um so tell- tell us a little bit about the relationships man, that you made um over there because i I would imagine that they that they run pretty deep when you have you know you're putting your life on the line and vice versa um you know do you do you still keep in contact with a lot of your um a lot of your brothers from you know that that you were over there with? Um, or is that something that when you get back home, that transition? Does everyone kind of um, try to go about, you know, going back into? A, I put it in quotes, a normal life. Um, you know, how how does that work?
2: Yeah, I mean, you they, you know, when you when you get out, I mean, I never really knew what, you know, the the word, you know, loyalty and honor and, and integrity, and, you know, all the fundamentals that the military teaches mm-hmm. you. I never understood or really kind of full feeling of it until I, until I joined the military. To meet somebody to your side, you know, you've only known them for two months, three months, and you have an unbreakable bond with that individual deeper than, say, you're back in civilian world, you know, growing up with a kid from kindergarten all the way up through high school, maybe some of college before you left you can know this person for three months in the military, they're willing to put themselves in front of a bullet for you to whereas you go back, say home, and that person you've won all your life would be, hey man, I know you for a long time and you're cool, but I ain't going to die for your ass. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: so so the, the, wow. the bond, the brotherhood, the, I mean, you're, 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 there's hundreds of other, you know, dudes just like yourself, you know, that just joined, you know, they're doing the same thing, same ambition, thinking the same pretty much. And you put all those individuals in the room, I mean, it's just, nothing's going to, nothing's going to, nothing's going to touch them. Yeah. You know? And you, the bond stays rock solid, even when you get out. I'm still in contact with tons of, you know, my buddies from the military, and I'm still in contact with the ones that re-enlisted and are still in today. I still talk to them because, you know, now with the whole social media and everything that's out there right now, it's easier to kind of, you know, kind of reach out to one of your boys and talk about a situation. And then they could say, Oh, you know what? Hey, I saw this on Facebook or um, so-and-so from so-and-so's unit posted this. You might want to check it out. You know, it's, it's easier to, to kind of uh, get the information, you know, share it around, and spread it out it's the way it was, you know, a while ago. Um, you know, the main concern is is that keeping all the all my buddies from the military that I got out with, keeping them, you know, alive. and it's just uh, kind of getting to the point, you know, where you know my best buddy, when we got out of the military together, we got out on the same day. We got out of North Carolina, we rented a you know rented a car, threw all of our garbage in it, and we drove straight across, you know, the country, just partying all the way Nashville and Oklahoma City and Texas, Arizona, until we got to his house in Arizona, um, dropped him off, and, you know, I went back home to California, and, you know, he would come visit me. I'd go down there and visit him. Uh, January 2011 is the, really, you know, I got a weird text message, a weird call from him, and he was just like, hey, dude, just want to tell you I love you, man. Thank you for everything that you've done. Appreciate it. Well, kind of threw me off for a loop, you know, just kind of like, you know, what are you talking all weird for, man? You know, you all right? You've been in worse situations like this before, man. You're a freaking paratrooper, dude. Suck it up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know, man, I know, but I just want to say thanks. And I just started at my work, and the next morning I got the... Got the call where they said, uh, you know, he committed suicide. He couldn't uh, couldn't figure out a way to accept, uh, you know, certain things that he's done. You know, the way life is currently panning out for him. Yeah. So that really kind of, uh, I guess, kicked everything out and support and everything for other veterans into to overdrive, right there.
0: What What was his name?
2: His name is uh, Philip Lawyer. We call him Fish.
1: Fish,
0: huh? <laughs> In, uh, yeah, Prescott
2: Valley, Arizona.
0: Yeah, damn you know, a man. He so,
2: fish because he'd always say, "Well, I don't swim with the fish, you know, I don't
0: swim with the fish." <laughs> that's funny, man. Um, so, <laughs> what did uh, I mean? What, what did that? What did that do to you? And how did that drive you to kind of? Because I know, I know you do a lot of work with veterans, right? That's that's one of the things that when I first you know met you and talked to you, I was just like, dude, that's. That's so legit and just the best, right? Because you're kind of taking, um, you know, you're taking the shit that you've been through, the things that you've seen, the loss of your, one of your closest homies, um, you know, and you're, instead of going down that that dark road, which, you know, many people do, and, you know, to not to fault them by any means, everyone has their own shit that they're trying to deal with and their own ways that they're dealing with it. Um, you know, you've been able to kind of take, take that and go down a road of reaching out to others and helping others um, and and really trying to understand, uh, you know, what's going on. And I mean, that's part of the reason that you and I are talking today because we're doing the same thing, trying to help spread the message. So um, how, how have you been able to do that? I know it wasn't easy at first. That's also something you and I share is alcoholism addiction. Um, you know, take us, take us to that point um, real quick. And I don't I just, how did that come about? How did you deal with that initially? And then and then, how does that transfer into, um, you know, kind of making a decision? I'm going to turn my life around. I'm not going to let this happen again. Um, and I'm going to head in a positive direction.
2: Yeah. When I got out of the military, man, it, when you get out, you, you kind of, it's different for certain people. You know, everybody handles their emotions different. Mm-hmm. But when I got out of the military, I got out on this high that I was like, super awesome you know i was like you know alpha male coming out of the military Uh, i was jumping out of airplanes i was chasing bad guys you know doing all this you know cool stuff that you know Kid's it's, like, about it's like fucking up.
0: superhero shit <laughs> <You> <laughs> i mean like right yeah you know, I, if
2: not you, you fucking feel like a goddamn superhero yeah dude. like you're just like fuck man i'm ready to fucking do this shit yeah and then you get out and then you just you get kind of stepped in that civilian life to where you got you're, you're in line at the grocery store and the yeah. fucking person's bitching about plastic with paper bags <laughs> you know and then you got somebody bitching about oh i cracked a nail my my nails gonna get done right and yeah. Oh, you know, like, uh, bitching about your car, the color of it. And you're just like, you motherfucker. Man. Yeah, you, you don't know, the shit people are going through right now. So you can stand here and bitch about all your fucking simplistic bullshit yeah. garbage. You, you know, it was, that was hard to, hard to take too, you know, like listening to just people bitching about the everyday privileges, the things that we take advantage for, you know, every single day when we wake up thinking, oh, you know. The whole world is like this. Everybody has the freedoms and the benefits and just to go do whatever you want. And that is not the case, you know. And when you join the military, you're signing your life over to a government, you know, to do as they please. And you get, you know, you relinquish all your freedoms, all your rights. So when you're living by this law, this straight line, you know, and then you kind of get out and then everybody else is all over the place. It it drives you kind of nuts. Then you start thinking you're going crazy. So then you go to VA. They're like, Go to VA. You're not the same. So you go to VA. So you start talking to the VA and they're like, Oh, okay. How do you sleep? You know, don't really sleep. I do an hour on and uh, I'll sleep for about an hour and I'm awake for an hour. Like (laughs) like you're on fire guard watch or something or patrolling, you know? Here, take these sleeping tablets. Oh, okay. You know, here you get anxiety, too. You don't like to be in crowds or people standing behind you. Or when you're driving down the freeway, you're constantly looking in the rear view mirrors to see who the hell is behind you. If it's in a van, you know, you yeah. even know, you're not in that moment. You're still thinking, the hell is that van? I don't see that. Who the hell is the driver? I don't know normal. You're constantly patrolling, you know, you're, you're, you're checking out your surroundings. Oh, yeah, here, take this yeah, for anxiety. Yeah, you'll take this and then you'll be fine. Oh, okay, yeah, perfect. And you start taking those. And then it's like, oh, I'm going to go get some beers. And you start pounding beers. Before you know it, you take your sleeping pills and antidepressants and Xanax and beers. And then all of a sudden, you kind of graduate on over to, oh, you know, freaking blew my knee out when I am jumping out of an airplane. Well, here's some painkillers, you know, hmm. some muscle relaxers. Before you know it, you got a full, full-on-blown cocktail going on, and you're drinking beer all day, dude. You... Lose your emotions, man. You're yeah. there in body, but your mind is completely gone, and you start doing stupid stuff. You know, you you get violent. You, uh, you you're looking for fights. You're looking for trouble. You know, you're the troublemaker. Yeah. It's just kind of how everything kind of builds up to it, and then once this went on for for years, you know. Five, six years, and then it wasn't until my, my buddy Fish, you know, I found out he, you know, committed suicide when it was, you know, I'm on the same dang, same same yeah. path, you know. You start thinking, your mind starts getting away from me, you start blaming yourself. And there ain't a single thing in this world that's going to forgive me for the things that I've done. And you start thinking crazy, man. You start yeah. thinking, like, what the hell am I doing here, man? You know, I was off myself and get it over with. Yeah. But to actually have that happen to your closest buddy, it's the eye-opening moment to where you start feeling bad, but then it's, you can take this and be depressed, you know? It's like uh, everybody's cut out of the same piece of cloth, you know? But everybody may be raised differently. And it's your choice to weave yourself into this beautiful tapestry or you can tear yourself apart in this piece of shit dirty rag on the ground that people step
0: on. You know, huh? Damn, that's so a great. It,
2: it, it's yeah. really up to you. So well, do you, think, you, do you think?
0: Do you think that? Uh, do you think that? Like through, like you're saying, you know, you go to the VA and they say, "Oh, here, take this sleeping pill, or take you know this, take this antidepressant, or take this." Do you think that that's just? I mean, because we've heard a lot. We've heard a lot of things in the media, and and don't get me wrong, dude. I, I the mainstream media, I don't believe half of the shit they say. If if that even, you know what I mean? Because it's who who knows? It's so. It, that's a whole. That's another topic for another. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. But my my point to this was we've heard a lot of stuff about the VA in the news and and all kinds of stuff. You know, um, lately. Um, do you feel, in your opinion, like that they really do? try to help you know our veterans or do they just do they just pawn it off on a pill here take this pill and get the fuck out of here really because the suicide rate i'm no expert by it but i know in veterans is really really high and um there's obviously something not being done um to help you know and which is why you know i'm sure part of the reason that you're out you know and you do what you do and many other veterans out there too but in your experience Do you think that there's more that we could be doing instead of just, um, you know, like you're saying, communicating, you know, talking about stuff instead of just suppressing it. Um, you know, the, the PTSD, it's really, um, there's gotta be other options, I guess is what I'm getting at.
2: Yeah. There's other options because that's exactly kind of, you know, what it is, you know, drugs and alcohol, you know, you don't really feel like talking about it or you don't feel anybody's on your level to to talk about it and for them to really understand what you're talking about so it's like, fuck it man, I'll just get shit based and I'll just yeah. think about it and I'll do it again tomorrow. <laughs> yep. But you know, in in my own personal experiences with the, with the VA hospital, I mean, there's always more that we can do. I mean, these are the people that, you know, did the most selfless act, you know, known to a human being, you know, to, to sign your life over for, you know, the protection and you know, of the United States of America and everybody living in it, regardless if they support you or not, you know, yeah. that's one of the things that also drives you nuts too, is you got people that are ungrateful for it, but that's another story. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, no, I know. Um, and I, that's what right. I was just thinking too, like trying to separate, I mean, cause we all have our beliefs in, in certain political yeah. issues and, in, uh, right. you know, certain opinions and stuff. And, I you know I really I really try to like nowadays to put the political like like on Veterans Day for instance right like politics should not play a fucking role in in Veterans Day to me I mean it's it's not about that it's about our veterans and it's about the sacrifice um, that they've made right. for their families and for their country so um, you know all politics stuff aside a lot of people. Don't seem to do that, you know, and, and, and I may have been even guilty at that at one point, And I don't think it was because, um, you know, I, 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 was intentionally doing that. I just didn't know any better. And so I guess it's not an excuse, but the fact that the fact of the matter is, is we need to kind of wake up and, and understand the fact of the sacrifice that you guys have, have made for your families, for your friends and for our country, you know? Um, exactly. so, so Nez, take us, take us like to, to what? what life is like today for you, man. I know you have a couple of kids. I know you're married. Um, I know you have a good job. Um, How has that been for you? And, um, you know, what are you doing to give back? And, um, how, how is, how is life today, man?
2: I, I I can't complain. You know, I'm alive. My kids are healthy. And, uh, you know, my closest family members are are doing well. Uh, Like I said, I can't complain. It was, Shortly after, you know, my buddy committed suicide is when like, I was like, I can't let this happen again, is when I just started to, you know, lock myself in the room and tell my wife, don't you dare open that damn door. Yeah. Just go in there, cold turkey, detoxed. And uh, Fuck. it was since, yeah, beginning of 2000, January 2012, that's when I've uh, been sober since 2012 or January. Uh, Pretty pretty exciting, you know, feel good about, you know, that for just taking care of myself. Um, On top of that, you know, two beautiful boys. You know, i got my beautiful wife. um, They're very supportive in in everything that I do. Um, I currently work for Utility in in California, and the company's been absolutely amazing, you know, supporting, you know, me with uh, the help of veterans. Yeah. Um, right now we're, we're doing a, a veterans push. So we don't have, uh, I work in the customer care, customer contact centers. So we raised the issue about, Hey, you know, we hire all these classes every year to three classes of 18 individuals each time. How come we can't, you know, hire 18 veterans and, you know, have our first veterans customer service class.
0: that's awesome.
2: So, uh Rolling it through the chain of command, bugging everybody, sticking with it. They were, came back and said, All right, look, check this out. This is the first of its kind. We'll go ahead and pilot it. Um, this thing's going to start September 28th of 2015. And it's going to be a five week course and we'll make it happen. So we made it happen. We got, you know, uh, um, we got, we hired 17 veterans and they started. They just finished their five week pre course and then now Monday of last week, started their customer service on uh, training, which is a seven-week training and then they'll come out onto the floors on Christmas Eve.
0: No way, so, bro. I didn't, I didn't that was, uh, know that, dude. That's that's awesome, bro. <laughs> yeah. That's sick.
2: Pretty, It was pretty pretty cool. Pretty yeah. cool. I was talking to, to Marlene from work you know, uh-huh. a couple years ago. She was like, Nev, you know what? We should do this. And I was thinking, you know what? That's a good idea. So <laughs> That kind of sparked it all. So yeah. we, we made it happen and uh, we do a lot of community outreach work, um, you know, especially with veterans who uh, are suffering from post-traumatic stress. Um, one thing I've come to find, I know it helped me for myself, is in some way, shape, or form, I had to be around uh, the military in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. It was something to help cope with my own inner demons. So. We go to the range. You know, we'll go and pop some rounds off. We'll go roll around in the dirt and kick down some doors in a fake makeshift house. Just to kind of bring <laughs> that,
0: awesome.
2: yeah, yeah, bring that excitement, that awesomeness back.
0: Yeah, superhero
2: shit,
1: huh?
0: <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. And,
2: and it's good. You know, when they're like, "Damn, that's, you know, I feel like I got my balls back. <laughs> I really appreciate everything that you do." You know, and it's just yeah. like, well, don't. Don't thank me. Don't do any of that. You know what? You just pay it forward to the next. You know, yeah. you kind of know what worked for you. You liked it. If you come across somebody else that you know, or you happen to come across, and they might, you know, feel the same way. Take them out. You know, see what if that works for. Well. And uh, it's been uh, it's been paying out. You know, we do a uh, uh, adopt a family for holidays. Where we take a veteran family who may be out of work, struggling, homeless, whatever, we, uh, we raise the funds. If they're homeless, we'll put them up in a hotel for a month or so and provide them with gifts. And uh, if the uh, the veteran, if they need you know uh, treatment, if they're struggling with drugs or alcohol, we'll offer them treatment while we post up their, their family in a hotel until he gets out, see if we can get him finding work after he's finished. <laughs> Um, if they have a home and maybe just out of works, so we'll pay the bills, and we, uh, we'll come in and donate the Christmas tree and Christmas dinner, and we'll provide gifts to the entire family wow. just to give them some sort of filth of, yeah. of Christmas.
0: Yeah, that's—, and that's... It's crazy, dude. I mean, not crazy in a bathroom. This is so awesome. You know I mean? Like, the, I just picked, when you said that, I just pictured like this, like this family just like with these huge smiles from ear to ear on their faces. You know what I mean? Just the joy in that, man. It's got to be, uh, it's got to be super fulfilling.
2: Yeah. I mean, it feels like you did your good year, good deed for the year. because yeah. When you walk into a, you know, to a home, you know, it's not ever really in a fancy or a great neighborhood.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: And you, you're talking, when you walk into the house, the, the kitchen table is built with plywood and some two-by-fours. No pictures on the wall, no TV, no couch. I mean, you're talking about a roof over your head, a floor, yeah. and a couple of chairs to sit down and, and talk. I mean, we're talking about nothing. So when you walk in there with the tree, turkey, and gifts, you know, and they're just speechless and they're crying and... Wow. Uh, tears of joy, you know. It's 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 impactful. It's really emotional, you know. You are just kind of like, wow, you know. It makes you feel like, you know, thankful. Hey man, yeah. just thankful to be here and I'm healthy enough to give back to, to give these people these these, these smiles. You know, that's what that's what kind of uh, keeps keeps it driving. You know, I could take care of a veteran or I could take care of somebody or at least just help them out, give them some info.
0: So yeah. They, so, they
2: did my, my good deed for the day.
0: So, so speaking of giving some info, ness. Um, so on this Veterans Day, man, I know that there's, I know there's some veterans out there listening, um, and there's and there's some active duty out there listening as well. Um, you know, a lot of veterans, a lot of active duty, uh, struggle with the PTSD. They struggle with alcoholism. They struggle with addiction, depression, all of those things that uh, that are that are really difficult to talk about and um sometimes it's hard to reach out and it's hard to find um resources to uh to kind of help with that so um if you had a message out there man for someone listening um a veteran active duty whoever anybody at that um do you got something that that you can kind of um you know shoot some words of advice uh to them uh,
2: the best thing that i can i could put out there is I mean, if you're struggling with, with drugs and alcohol and, and you know you got some post-traumatic stress don't try to suppress it with the alcohol or the drugs because it's just gonna make it worse you gotta step you know just kind of throw yourself out there and you know try to try to get some help learn how to deal and cope with hey these are the things that I've done these are the things that I've seen this is going to be forever a part of me and learn how to live with it and not try to just bury it and cover it up. You know, it's uh, any one of any one of the veterans' active duty, they can do anything that they want in this world. There's nobody in this world that's doing something that they cannot do. And there's just yeah. other people out there that, that want to help, you know, and the best place is to, you know, hey, linger around the VA and, you know, see what, you know, because there's always people there that, are way worse than you. They got it way worse, and that's how I usually kind of you know meet the vets that I go out and um, you know go to the range or just you know get involved with these community events. And, yeah, and just to uh, have that that camaraderie again that the speaking to because you can go to a you can go to a shrink you know the VA can send you to and they got this nice fancy plaque uh, and degree from Harvard or, or wherever, <laughs> and they're trying to tell you that, yeah, I understand exactly what you're going through. It's yeah. Like, oh, you, 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 you've you been? Oh, no, no, no. But I, I've heard a lot about it. And <laughs> yeah. just like, bitch, please. Man. My,
0: <laughs> motherfucker, please.
1: My, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my
2: degree says goddamn freaking Av- Hills, of Afghanistan,
1: okay? so don't give do me any shit. So it's only yeah. good to... When you meet that, you know, individuals that have done
2: and been that can re- really relate, those are the ones. That you really well, it's, it's funny.
0: Up. It's funny, too. I mean, the analogy of that, because it's similar for alcoholics and drug addicts, too. You know, like we we're put like, you know, I went to a 30 day rehab. Right. So I'm put in a I'm put in a, a facility with, you know, 30 other, you know, heroin addicts and alcoholics and, you know, um, methamphetamine, I mean, all kinds the whole mix of all these cocktails and substances, right. And, um, all different kinds of people, different colors, you know, male, female, uh, fat, skinny, you know, just, and, and the one thing that is in common is the fact that, you know, well, we, none of us know how to deal with life. So we turn to alcohol and drugs. And the other thing, you know, is that we can all help each other. And it's such like an ironic thing, but it's such a beautiful thing at the same time. And um, really, sounds like right. some of the same things you're talking about with the vets.
2: Exactly, it's, it could be the most beautiful thing in this world. But that sense of pride, you know, a lot of times the ego. I know for myself, you know, it took me a couple of years to even get there. It was almost yeah. where my family were like, "Dude, we're gonna escort you there." Now, because the way you're going, you're going to kill yourself or you're going to kill somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So dude. for them to do that, it was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Better go get it checked out and see what's going on. Here.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is real. Okay. This is real.
2: And they looked at you like, whoa, you are really screwed up, my friend.
0: <laughs> man, dude. Well, hey, man, uh, I just want to thank you for coming on today and uh, and sharing some of your, some of your experience and um, you know some of your hope. And uh, spreading the good word, my friend. Um, if there's someone out there listening, do you want to drop an email address or something? I mean, you, you never know. Some Someone out there might be alone right now just sitting there and just, you know, really, really wanting to reach out to another veteran. Um, is there some place they might be able to contact you at?
2: Yeah. Any, uh, anybody can email me at my personal email. It is uh, nez54nez at Yahoo. And that is November Echo Zebra Zebra 54 November Echo Zebra Zebra at Yahoo So anybody out there, hey, feel free to drop me a note and uh,
0: we'll chop it up. Nez thanks, man.
2: Hey Shane, it's always a pleasure and a uh, real honor to have you on your show. have you on your show, I appreciate it, man.
0: Hey man, it's an honor to have you on here, my man. And uh, happy Veterans Day to you and, and thank you so much for uh, for fighting for our freedom and for our country, man.
2: That was my pleasure. Thank you, Shane. Best of luck to
0: you, This has been another episode of That Sober Guy podcast. For more information, visit www.thatsoberguy.com. Contact Shane at sobriety at thatsoberguy.com. And leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. Peace, love, respect. Keep your blood clean.